0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Design by the Hive show, where I get to dive deep into designer brains and disentangle their craft in order to gain insights on their creative process, the magical utensils they use to make sparks fly, and their personal recommendations of resources worth studying. This episode features logo designer William Patterson, where we discuss monetization, communicating with clients, and the golden ratio enjoy so when people ask you what you do for a living what is your response
1: um it's a difficult one that because i do quite a bit i just say i'm a creative entrepreneur
0: a creative entrepreneur could you share the story of how you came to be known as a logo designer especially since you were able to do it without going to design school
1: sure so um basically i was in a, i failed all my gcse's which is like the english equivalent i guess of like your, your sort of graduation so i basically didn't graduate from school um And I wasn't very good at anything apart from like sort of playing guitar. And uh, I basically went to college and uh, I learned how to become a secretary uh, by doing uh, business administration. I thought it would be a lot better. Uh, So I did two years of that and I dropped out uh, again. And the reason I dropped out was just because uh, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a business and do something. I wanted to learn sort of a craft. Um, so what I decided to do instead was just go home and instead of go to university or anything like that, I just went home and, um, got a passion for design. So I just learned about it online. I read books. I scoured the internet and over time I started to learn hand lettering and different parts of design and every day just got better and better over five to seven years. And, uh, that's how I became a logo designer. It's just because I, I had a fascination in logo design, so I didn't really... I was really fascinated with anything else uh, apart from logos. So I put that as my niche, and I marketed myself as a logo designer, and that's how I became one.
0: What is your favorite tool at the moment that you use regularly?
1: Um, anything. Anything. Um... Uh, I, I would... It might sound silly, but just a pencil. <laughs> uh, the, uh, my pencil is like, well, it depends on my Apple pencil or just like, you know, um, my normal pencil, but they're kind of like two major things because uh, you can do anything with a pencil. If you learn how to draw, um, you, literally, you can draw brush lettering, draw black letter, Gothic style calligraphy. Um, and you can trace it all in Illustrator. So, yeah, just a pencil would be my favorite. And I, I know that's probably a really bad answer, but. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. I think that is often the best way to get a good idea out quickly. Would you yeah. think that that's mostly how you brainstorm for clients is with pencil and paper? Kind of,
1: yeah. I, I use Pinterest a lot. So, it's a bit like brainstorming is a bit different for me. So, uh, As to not sort of dilute what I'm trying to do, I write it all down just on a computer. So I write all my ideas down verbally and then uh, I'll go ahead after I've done my research and uh, make a mood board and use like uh, a feeling uh, to bring, I'll basically just take images off Pinterest and use that as a mood board and send it to the client and they can have a look or I'll just make one images I've found in books or the internet Um, brainstorming is a bit different I generally have like in my mind I already know what I want through um, just looking at the mood board and most of the time my first idea is the one that we stick with Um, but most of the time I have to kind of like prove to the client that um, other versions won't work as well um, so I, I will brainstorm a few ideas, do concepts, but it's not a long, drawn-out process. It's kind of quick just because of the experience and practice about
0: What are the key principles to communicate successfully with a client so that you deliver what they what they, what are they wanting. want. Yes.
1: Um, I think it's by uh, the, the number one thing... I've learned is that you know the clients are rarely right. they not. then none of them are right when it comes to. And it sounds like a really weird <laughs> thing because capitalism would suggest that the customers are always right, um, but most of the time, I found that if you listen to the clients and they give an idea of what the design should be right, like it's it's never what they want because they've not had the professional input. They've not had opinions or that someone who's done this for a while you know looking at it and saying it should be like this because if you start listening to them too much like a client and you start uh hearing their ideas and don't get it wrong something wrong with listening to their ideas and taking inspiration from it but if you're doing exactly what they've said or what they want then you're not actually designing anything you're just sort of producing uh their vision for the logo which will never look as good as someone designing it. So the main thing that I get across to people and to clients when I'm working for them is that I like to have a lot of control uh, with the design. And, you know, my job isn't simply to give you an image at the end. My job is to set forth a brand image. um, And I'll do that by, you know, taking on ideas that they have and translating them into visual images. And, you know, I'll use my own expertise to um, create something that they may never have thought of before, but something that will work better than what they thought would. If does that make sense?
0: Yes, I I, I see where you're going. Um, also, in the beginning of that communication process, do you? How do you go about finding what they do want? Like, what kind of questions do you pose to your clients to kind of? kind of d- discern what they really want f- as okay. far as the logo
1: most of the time i send them a generic like if, if my wife who sends me emails and stuff she'll send them a generic um like question list and it's, it's a question list that i've found to work the best so let me just try and find it for a sec. um here we go. So it's a list of like a few questions and it's literally just what is the name of your company? Do you have a company tagline or a slogan that can be used as part of the logo? What products or services do your business you provide? Uh, how many years has your company been in business? How many employees? Who's your comp- uh, competition? What differentiates you from your competitors? And it's stuff like that. It's basically asking them uh, a lot of stuff about their business. I never really ask them about their design or what they want um to make sure that i understand what they want is well i basically just it's difficult because the way that i perceive logo design and the reason why i think i've become quite successful in the mid-range logos is because i don't ask them what they want Mm. if they tell me that they want a dog on their logo I'll instantly take a dislike to that because it's not what they should have on their logo. Especially like, for instance, there is a dog walking company that asked me, um, and it was a very small company, and I do work with small companies, but um, this company asked me to you know, design a logo and they've already have some sketches of what they want it to be like. And it had a dog on the front of it. And I was like, well, this is going to be bad. The logo doesn't look good. And they're sort of like asking me, not for advice, they're just asking me to design it for them, make it look a bit prettier, which they still won't like. And, you know, the reason behind knowing what the client wants is by knowing what the customer wants. If you know what the people are looking for within their company and you can translate that into a visual wordmark or an icon, then that's how you know what they want. You know, what they want is something that works well. They don't want a certain idea or an image. They want something to work well. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of hard to explain. Um,
0: just to kind of sum it up from what I got is, essentially the questions you are asking your client is to kind of disentangle what they are about, whereas the mood boards that you pull from Pinterest are the overall feeling So I think that that's a good way to separate those two. I think that that, that's a very organized thought process for moving forward with clients.
1: Sure. I spend a lot of time with them, kind of, like most of the actual time is spent. Not, I mean, like when I'm talking, client relations is what I call it. So uh, I'll spend most of my time going ahead and asking them things about their business. Because uh, I want to know exact, I want the ins and outs. So that's how I can communicate it. And when you're a logo designer, your job isn't to create something that they want. It's to create something that their customer will buy into. So it's uh, it, you've got to look at their business and take out all the good parts and the bits that you can uh, identify to a customer through a word Uh Is there
0: is there something you do during your design process that other designers might consider to be an orthodox, or maybe even a little absurd.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm self-taught, so I don't know really know anyone else's logo design process. So I, 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 a few things that I probably do, just like um, know, let me, I've got a logo in front of me that I'm working on. So oh well I've got a practice so basically what I do is once I have my idea I'll totally jumble it up it's like um, getting a piece of artwork painting it and then ripping it to shreds and putting it back together in a different order so I'll see what happens when that uh, that's that's a unique thing to me, I think, especially when it comes to word marks or type. Um, I don't think there is anything too outlandish that I do that's different. I think the process is relatively the same for everyone um, that I've seen anyway. I know a lot of people, you know, spend a lot of time on the mood boards and stuff, um, but I generally, I'm type person that will sketch for half an hour and then go into illustrator for ten minutes and then do it again, sketch, illustrator, sketch, illustrator. There's not, there's not really anything different that I do. I think it's just the
0: time difference. On your YouTube channel, you bring up some important concepts, and one concept that has always been my favorite detail, in any form of art, is the golden ratio. Oh yeah. Uh, how often do you use that in your designs?
1: Every time. Really? Uh, yeah, it's uh, the Fibonacci uh, or the Golden Ratio, whatever you want to call it, is um, something that's not just used in my logos for like the actual logo. It's used for compositions. So um, when I create a logo, sometimes there can be a lot of detail in there. And the, the video doesn't show Um, a lot about what I use it for. I guess I showed it within an icon because it's more popular for people to see and people can understand it better but say if I have like two lines of type for a logo so I've got like you know one word that's big at the top and a couple words like a slogan at the bottom. I'll work out the spacing between them through the golden ratio and I'll work out the alignment of the word through the golden ratio and how it should be fitted on a screen through the golden ratio so all the everything is like uh, I want it to be humanly balanced so it's uh, it, it's not hard to explain for most people but I think for me it is because I'm so I'm so much of like a, a doer on the screen I like to show people uh, like on my channel uh, but I think yeah so when it comes to a layout uh, for a design because my I work mainly within logo types um I guess I use it a lot for spacing and I use it a lot for um, the the brand guidelines. So I know exactly where the logo should be placed based on, you know, the Fibonacci. Um, uh, Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm making sense. Yes.
0: (laughs) So um, for those listening who aren't familiar with the golden ratio, the ancient Greeks were crazy obsessed with discovering ideal proportions And these took the form of mathematical ratios. The Greeks discovered the perfect body to be seven heads tall, and they toyed with the proportions of the parts of the body. They would also seek perfect proportions in rectangles that they would use in architectural design. Among these rectangles, the one most often said to be perfect is the golden rectangle, The golden rectangle has influenced art and design throughout the centuries. And the craziest thing about it is that its proportions are found in growth patterns in nature, like shells, plants, and human anatomy, which has given it some authority in the history of design. So I like that video on your YouTube channel a lot because it was the closest thing to a visual example, especially within logo design of implementing that that golden ratio and i'm obsessed with that i'm really into the golden ratios and proportions so yeah. that's why i wanted to talk to you about it i was so fascinated when i saw that on your channel
1: yeah it's cool isn't it it's uh kind of like a cheat yeah you can have when you understand it everything becomes a lot easier I think with proportion wise, but I must say at the same time, you know, it's not all about the golden ratio. When you create um, anything, it's a consistent balance. So it's a human, I call it the human balance, which is um, a lot of people don't have the eye for, but I I always say it's like an eye that you have. It's the, once you start lettering or doing calligraphy, you'll understand what's good and bad, and you'll constantly get better, but you'll always be in this state of I'm not good enough because you know exactly, you're seeing details that you never saw before. So as you progress in design, uh, you're basically progressing in your sort of mind's balance to the word mark or whatever you're using, and you can see things that other people can't. So uh, like, for instance, I'm looking right now at a logo that I'm working on for a beard company, and they're sort of like, I've got about 50 different ones in front of me. And I'm looking at the balances of each word mark and, you know, the, uh, uh, the shapes that I've used with it. And I can tell which one's are better, which one's work and which one's, you know. And, and I haven't actually used the gold ratio yet with this. I've only just like put my ideas down. So sometimes you can just use circles and keep to a certain amount of circles like within a certain scale, and that will bring the same sort of um, visual effect uh, when it comes to a logo design. But when it comes to proportions on a layout, it's incredibly uh, important that you keep to the golden ratio if that's what you want. Um, again, this is hard to explain, but it's it's not all, with logo designs and icons. You don't have to work within the golden ratio all the time. It's just about uh, consistency in your proportions like are you keeping things consistent kind of like kerning kerning isn't consistent mathematically but optically it's an illusion so it looks like it's consistent do you get the drift
0: yes yes if people had to teach themselves how to do what you do are there any instructional books that you would recommend
1: um i guess not instructional books I mean like I, it's hard to are you talking from a logo design standpoint or hand lettering or
0: uh, I guess logo design uh, graphic design
1: sure uh, I, I guess I've got this old book but I can't remember the name of it but it's quite old it was printed firstly in the 1930s and then it was printed again in the 1950s and it's from a sign painter in Europe and he he uh, he explains perfectly uh, about type and the history of it. And I think with design nowadays, if you're going to be a graphic designer, you need to know um, communication, and you need you need to understand how type affects communication and the feelings behind it. So I would suggest getting books dedicated on typography, uh, because most of the time in graphic design, if you're working for an advertising company or You know, working on branding or whatever type has a huge factor to play. And that's one of the biggest things. If if you're looking for icons or, you know, logo design things without words in them, uh, I would still suggest to look at the type, you know, books that you can get, um, especially the older ones, because there's not as many books nowadays talking about typography uh, that has any relevance to proportions or any relevance um, but I would say, you know, you've got to be creative in yourself. So go ahead and do it yourself uh, whilst researching online. But try and find books that are hidden gems because, like nowadays, you know, I have to spend you know a hundred pounds, which I don't know how much that is in dollars. It's quite a lot on like one little book yeah. um, that was printed years ago that I could like just so I can learn one thing from it. Um, so I guess like. For me, because my job has solely been just me learning, um, I could tell you, if I could, I could tell you, you know, thousands of different ways to learn a uh, logo design but, or anything like that. But all it really is, is, you know, how much time do you spend doing it? You know, if, There's a saying, isn't there, where it's if you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you'll become very good at what you're doing and you'll get noticed for doing that, you know, um, and that, you know, I've spent more than 10,000 hours doing what I'm doing just by practice alone. Um, and I think the problem is nowadays is when it comes to people wanting to learn, uh, they see so many people's work online uh, and. That piece of work is probably taking 10 minutes to do, but in reality, it's taken 10,000 hours to get to that level. You just need to understand that it's not just about, you know, researching or learning. It's about actually doing, you know, don't, don't spend all your time just researching, but actually do something practical and put your work out there.
0: Definitely. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to a complete beginner who is interested in getting started with logo design? Um,
1: advice I would just say do it do it. The, the, well that's the thing with, with design I would, I would say don't buy any software uh, I would just say to them get out a pay, pen and paper and just start drawing them because I don't know I, I've already heard anyone say this before but the best logo designs or sorry I say icons um, you know the more modern ones the best are drawn anyone can draw them but the best logo designs that i've seen are logo designs that you can draw in under 10 seconds by memory and i think just simply designing um stuff in paper without the use of software will train your mind a lot quicker than having to learn the software uh, and thinking that that is what the gate is you know a lot of people believe the gateway to um, learning how to be a good logo design is learning how to y- use the software but in reality the software is just a tool to like a pencil to get your idea out um, so I would suggest just do it get on paper, don't feel like you haven't got enough equipment, if you've got a piece of paper in front of you and a pencil then then you can definitely do it but I would also just say um, when you're looking at other people's work just to keep in mind that they've spent a lot of time doing that and If someone like me who hasn't got any qualifications at all um, and someone like me who, you know, didn't stick at it at school, if I can do it, then they can most definitely do it. It's just about the amount of hours that you set, set yourself doing it.
0: Which designers, if there are any would you consider to have the most influence over the work that you do? Like, who? Which designers have been most influential to you?
1: Uh, I'm not too sure. Because like, when I came into the design field, it's kind of like a kid in a sweet shop. It's, uh, there's just so many. There wasn't ever one designer that I was like, oh, his work is always so amazing. It was more kind of like um looking at major companies and looking at their logos uh, and saying, oh, wow, isn't that cool? And then uh, taking an interest of that. You know, I don't really know many logo designers um like myself. Most of them are just kind of like graphic designers. Yes. But they're incredibly good at what they do. Um, but I know a bunch of people that inspire me for hand lettering um, that influence my hand lettering. But for logo design... I don't, I don't have a certain designer that inspires me at all. I just have like work that I love, such as you know the Boots logo, um, the Kellogg's logo, and, and things like that. It's it, those kind of works inspire me a heck of a lot. I would say Apple inspires me as well, just because it's a, such a, a simple concept, yet you know they've made a huge business out of it, and the the sort of imagery that they've used and. You know, they use the golden ratio all the time in, in their work. That's how, you know, computer monitors and the way that we use computers work and why it feels so natural is through gridding uh, and stuff. I guess Aaron Draplin is a huge one for a lot of people. And I love Aaron Draplin and his work just because he sort of like has unmasked what design is, you know, especially logo design. He, he understands that it, you know, exactly what it is and he keeps things very simple um i'd say other than him and you know some of these famous other logos that i've seen and then the designers of them uh, which are like you know many years old i don't really have anyone that i you know get inspired by daily i just i see hand lettering, and that's what inspires me
0: um before i let you go do you have any parting words or advice for the people listening
1: uh sure i can do uh just keep doing it like uh, you know when you're when you're starting uh, something like this it can seem very overwhelming learning everything uh, but it's just a journey it's a one step at a time kind of thing don't feel like you have to learn everything all in one second uh, and make sure you spend the time doing it and for any of those like you guys who are listening that are already you know Designers and you're well established in it. Uh, don't be afraid to try things that are new and also don't forget to uh, sort of monetize your work online because nowadays we have a lot of starving artists that don't um, make enough money for the great work that they do. And I think that's just because you make bad business decisions and like, like everyone else does. Uh, but I think if you were to learn more about the business side of design, and uh, how you can monetize the work that you do and how to get publicity for the work that you do. I think uh, your, your career will, like, ever increase. You know, you'll keep increasing in your career. So uh, that's what I would say. Uh, just keep doing it and create some awesome things. Uh,
0: I want to be mindful of your time. I don't want to take up too much more of it. But since you brought up monetization, could you elaborate maybe on advice on pricing for i guess it would be not even specific to your industry it could even help others in other creative fields i guess maybe the advantages of pricing hourly versus pricing in a more static or yeah i don't
1: think uh one advice i'll have for uh, uh, hourly payers don't do it. Uh,
0: it's
1: <laughs> it's not good. I think uh, you know when I've worked for companies, you know they've expected me to give a rate per hour, and you know I get really boggled by that because technically I'm providing a company a service, but at the same time I'm providing them with something at the end of that you know I'm providing them with a, like a tangible thing that they'll yeah. one day see um, so I'm like you know what I do is I've never rated myself per hour I've never given myself a rate I just say what you know the difference between me pricing a logo you know for like a few thousand pounds and someone else pricing it for like a hundred pounds is that uh, I've chosen to value myself more than they have so I think a lot of psychological games happen in in this sort of field of design. I think monetization is a huge topic. Uh, But when it comes to pricing yourself as a designer, you've got to price it what you are worth. So, you know, every year I actually increase what I want to price things at. And that's because every year I'm getting tons better at what I do. Um, and it's the same with everyone else if you stick at something you'll get better and better so therefore you can charge more and more so like uh, when it comes to design never do an hourly pay if you're a freelancer it doesn't make sense uh, because you're giving someone something and the problem is I think a lot of the times a lot of people try and penalise you Um, and give you a penalty for being good at what you do. So say sometimes I've worked for a company and they've hired me out and I said it will take about a month uh, to do this. And they were pretty happy that, you know, they weren't charging me by the hour because the the price I gave them, you know, was a fair price. And they they were kind of like, oh, it's okay, you can sort of spend the month. Uh, little did I know it was the end of that week where I finished the project and I asked for the same amount of money uh, that I originally quoted them and they tried to stop it like, they tried to lower my price and the reason was was because I didn't spend as much time on the design so therefore they, were, they weren't going to pay me uh, as, for what I originally quoted and I just said to them you know uh, we're on good terms now and obviously they did pay me but I said to them um, you can't just like you know disqualify me uh, um, the work that I've done because I didn't spend the time in it you know I spent 10,000 hours practicing so that in a week I could make this for you you know you, you haven't paid me for you know the design in itself you've paid me for my experience and my knowledge and you can't you know penalize me for getting it to you quicker it makes no sense yeah. you And that's why I don't pay by time, because time is, you know, although it's not subjective in the sort of, you know, scale, but it's actually subjective to money. So people rate their time. My time is priceless, I think. Um, uh, So is everyone else's. But I don't like to put a number against that because what that does is it limits me for what I could charge to a company. And I don't also, I feel bad for companies because sometimes I can spend three months on one logo and it won't be profitable for me to do it, but because I want to make sure the logo is working well and they have a good experience, I don't want to be charging them ridiculous amounts. So that's what I say to all, all people, you know, don't, if there is any people in here who are looking to get a logo designed, you know, from any designer, um, don't be surprised or get angry if they don't spend enough time in it that you think. Uh, in fact, you should encourage them because they've saved you a hell of a lot of money uh, for designing you something that looks amazing, you know and that, that's the uh, that's the way
0: i I agree with you completely, and I think especially. As far as raising your rates and not charging hourly and knowing your worth, I think you can always get away with charging more as long as you consistently over-deliver and do the remarkable work, then no one will ever question you. I think that that's very fair. That's a very fair way to look at that. Yeah,
1: I think like, uh, you know, someone could do the exact same logo as me um, and charge less or more and you know the reason why I charge what I charge is because I want to charge that that's all that it's down to you know that's the, the, there's a I put videos out on my channel saying you know how much this logo design costs but the, the moral of the videos was you know I charge what I charge because that's what I want to charge you know and it's not because it's a profiting thing because you know I can stop doing design uh, altogether and still make money through YouTube or through selling stuff you know it's not like client work is a huge part of my life even though it is it doesn't have to be um so i charge what i charge because i want to and if i say you know oh that's worth you know what what is this project worth to me on well, this project's let's say a random number this project's like worth two grand to me so i'm gonna charge them two grand and uh, that's what it's worth to me uh, and they will say on the other hand of that is this guy worth two grand to us? Are we going to part ways of two grand? And you know, it's uh, and they may go to another designer and say, you know, oh, he's a one thousand pound client, and you know, will he's a two thousand pound client? But then, so not client, but a designer. So, like, which one do we choose? Do we choose this one thousand pound client or the two thousand pound client? And you'll be very surprised to know that most of the time they'll choose me or someone who's charging higher because they expect more and they they think that there's more value on that yeah. and they believe that that logo design will be even better after that so and they could do the exact same work or even more than me some people do um and you know that's the thing of it it's, it's kind of like not a game but it's a uh, sort of understanding what you're worth and not to take the money side too serious if a client takes it hugely serious the money side like ridiculously serious saying you know they want to get their money's worth and stuff that's when i sort of like don't want to work for them yeah because you know they're, if they're going to work with me on this and if i'm going to be doing stuff for them i want to make sure that they're not in it just for you know because i'm a cheap person or because i afford or they can afford me and that's why I never give discounts, no matter what. I only do free or full work, so it's all paid for or it's all free. Um, because it's, I think it's insulting to any creative when someone offers you an amount of money, even if it's through ignorance and they don't, they don't actually know, and it's innocent, and they offer you a certain amount of money for doing a good job when you are done for free. Yeah, it's it's insulting uh, because you're worth a lot more. The few pennies someone will chuck at you after doing this amazing work. So when it comes to money and time and pricing yourself, uh, it, it's kind of like a, you know, a trial and error when you first start. You know, you have to you get the eye for it and you get the ear for it. Like what what work is worth what and you, you start to understand the value of what you're doing for that company and especially the reason why I chose logo design is that it's a it, out of like you know hundreds of logos that I've designed you know a few of them have become you know big logos you know for, for brands across the UK and different places yeah it, it's about exposure to me so like I chose this because of the money uh, you can charge a good amount And you don't have to, like, do bunches of layouts, you know. Two, you get a lot of exposure for it. It's about smart choices as well. Uh,
0: Where on the internet can people keep up with you or the work that you're doing?
1: Uh, YouTube, Instagram, and my website.
0: What is your handle for Instagram?
1: Uh, Willpat. (laughs) W-I-L-L-P-A-T.
0: Hey everyone, this is Ines again. Before you take off, just a few things. Number one, if you're interested in checking out anything that was discussed during this episode, you can check out the show notes with all of that information by following the link in the description. Also, this is Design Dose, a short email where I share a quick behind the scenes of what I'm currently drooling over in the design world. It's just a fun piece of goodness for you to chew over before you get hit by the work week. It includes favorite design pieces I've discovered, interesting design articles, and other crazy magic that I've managed to stumble upon. Check it out, just go to designbythehive.com and drop in your email to get the very next one.